we turn our attention to the Christmas story and the Christmas text this Christmas Eve. Charlie's going to read first, and then Fisher's going to read. We're going to read out of Matthew, and then we're going to read out of Luke. This is the New Living Translation. Uh, Listen, for this is God's word to us this day. Okay, Charlie, I'll help you. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicity. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin said, I mean, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Good job, Stu, right there. At that time, a Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towers to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King, descendant of King David, mm-hmm. he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled from the village Nazareth to Gal- Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cl- cloth, snugly strips of cloth, and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Well done reading. Thank you, Charlie. Fisher, thank you. Yeah, I'll hang on to it. Thank you. That same night, in amongst the other stars, suddenly a bright new star appeared. Of all the stars in the dark vaulted heavens, this one shone clearer. It blazed in the night and made the other stars look pale beside it. God put it there when his baby son was born, to be like a spotlight, shining on him, lighting up the darkness, showing people the way to him. You see, God was like a new daddy. He couldn't keep the good news to himself. He'd been waiting all these long years for this moment, and now he wanted to tell everyone. So he pulled out all the stops. He'd sent an angel to tell Mary the good news. He'd put a special star in the sky to show where his boy was. And now he was going to send a big choir of angels to sing his happy song to the world. He's here. He's come. Go and see him, my little boy. Now, where would you send your splendid choir? hmm? To a big concert hall, maybe? Or a palace, perhaps? God sent his to a little hillside outside a little town in the middle of the night. He sent all those angels to sing 
for a raggedy old bunch of shepherds watching their sheep outside Bethlehem. In those days, remember, people used to laugh at shepherds and say they were smelly and call them other rude names which I can't possibly mention here. You see, people thought shepherds were nobodies, just scruffy old riffraff. But God must have thought shepherds were very important indeed because they are the ones he chose to tell the good news to first. That night, some shepherds were out in the open fields, warming themselves by a campfire, when suddenly the sheep darted. They were frightened by something. The olive trees rustled. What was that? A wing beat? They turned round. Standing in front of them was a huge warrior of light, blazing in the darkness. Don't be afraid of me, the bright shining man said. I haven't come to hurt you. I've come to bring you happy news for everyone, everywhere. Today, in Davidstown, in Bethlehem, God's son has been born. You can go and see him. He is sleeping in a manger. Behind the angel, they saw a strange glowing cloud. Except it wasn't a cloud. Oh, it was angels. Troops and troops of angels armed with light. And they were singing a beautiful song. Glory to God, to God be fame and honour and all our hoorays. Then, as quickly as they appeared, the angels left. The shepherds stamped out their fire, left their sheep, raced down the grassy hill, through the gates of Bethlehem, down the narrow cobbled streets, through a courtyard, down some steps, 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 past an inn, round a corner, through a hedge, until at last they reached a tumble-down stable. They caught their breath. Then quietly they tiptoed inside. They knelt on the dirt floor. They had heard about this promised child, and now he was here. Heaven's son, the maker of the stars. A baby sleeping in his mother's arms. This baby would be like that bright star shining in the sky that night. A light to light up the whole world, chasing away darkness, helping people to see. And the darker the night got, the brighter the star would shine. I don't want you to miss that statement in there. The maker of the stars sleeping in his mother's arms. The maker of the star. Now, as Christ's followers, we believe that all was created and made through Jesus. He, he, he created all things and holds, he's, all things are held together in him. The maker of the stars being held in his mother's arms. This is what we celebrate. This is who we welcome on this Christmas Eve. There's a lot of speculation about, by the way, that star and 
you know, what was it? What could it have been perhaps you know, in, in terms of astronomy? Um, we, don't, we don't know for sure. You know, I do think this, on this particular night of his Christ's birth, uh, in the Sally Lloyd-Jones storybook Bible, which is that, where that reading comes from, and she has the star there, has it as a star. Um, in Matthew's account, we find that there's a star that leads the magi, the, the wise men, you know, and we think that's actually later than Jesus's birth. Um, what we do know on this night is that an angel appeared to these shepherds. And the, the appearance of this angel was the glory of God. And when you think glory, think light. And it was such light that they were terrified. Okay, so this is not like, you know, any kind of man-made light we could come up with, the brightest light you can think of. And can you imagine when from one angel, it goes to a myriad of angels. Can you imagine that light? I mean, I, I, we can't. I mean, we, we, we couldn't see it. I, I was driving this morning and, and it was, there was ice on the road and it was right when the sun was hitting such a way that it was right on the ice. And it's almost like the sun on the ice was brighter than the sun in the sky and it was blinding, blinding. And this is the light of that night. When we think of light in the story of the Bible, always equate it to life because light equals God and his presence. It's why what we're gonna do in a few moments is light the Christ candle. And then, you know, we're gonna, that candle's gonna pass around to each one of us. Y'all, what we're gonna do as we light this candle, it's a living parable. We have been spending the last four weeks, we being, if you're a member at Fellowship, we've been talking about make room. This has been our Advent theme. What does it mean and what does it look like to, to, to make room for, for Jesus? For, we've talked about straight, make room for strangers, make room for disappointment. Making room for Christ. Making room, can I say it this way in terms of our, our service this evening and every Christmas Eve? Make room for light. Now, I'm going to turn this on you, and I'm going to invite a few of you to share. Uh, and I'm not going to hand you a microphone or anything. I'm going to just let you stand up where you are or you can stay seated. But I'm going to ask a few of you to, to reflect on the last four weeks of Advent preparation for the arrival and the theme of May we make room. We have, you know, we are not immune from the busyness of the season, are we? I mean, I'm in it. I mean, we're just busy running around, get this, get this, go this, go this, you know, and, and now we pause. We pause as those who follow Christ in these moments in a Christmas Eve service to ponder the maker of the stars held in his mother's arms the light of life that is Jesus, our Savior, that he's come. Carl said it so well. We're gonna sing these songs for ourselves and our kids to remind us the Savior has come. I want you to think about making room for Jesus. And I want you to think about perhaps um, making room for whatever it is God invited you to make room for this 
Advent season. And just tell us, you know, uh, in, in, the first, um, in the first Christmas Eve service, a, a, a young boy spoke of making room for his dog who's dying and how making time with that dog has made him closer to the dog but also made him appreciate it. What a gift for me to hear. Who ha- we have a dog who's older. But that's what I'm just going, what have you, ma- what have you made room for, okay? And then what has that done in you? What have you made room for? There's no right or wrong. And how have you experienced, what have you experienced in that making of room? How has that, have you experienced God in that? What have you sensed in that? So I'm gonna let you think for a moment. And you're gonna ask you, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. We have time for a few of these. Speak loud enough where, where I can hear you and then I can repeat it, you know, I can, with, through, through the microphone. So someone who'd be bold enough to share, what have you made room for? What did the Spirit just bring to your mind that you made room for and you experienced in that making of room? Yes. Um, I, I did a fast, a 16-day fast, and in that I kind of went through and thought about a lot of the kind of, I went through a lot of illness and put on a lot of weight. And in that time, when I was fasting, I thought about all the stuff that my body had to deal with and how, it, how God had created my body to heal and to uh, keep me going. That's so good. Life. And so I actually came to actually really love my body mm-hmm. through doing that. This is when I wish I had a microphone because I can't report, repeat it all, but I'll repeat it enough that you get it, that she made room for a fast, that she had, had put on weight and she fasted, and through that fast understanding that God had made her body, God made her body, and that you grew in that sense to go, this is my, God's gift to me. Am I repeating that well? That was so brave of you to share. I mean it, and that's a gift that you have just given a room of 800 people. It took a long time for me to get there. I believe that. It took a long time for her to get there. Thank you for sharing. Who else? What did you make room for? What did you experience having made that room? You need to help me if someone raises their hand and I can't see. Here we get, someone's pointing over where? Anybody over there? No? Someone's just, oh, you scratched your head. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's not a raising. <laughs> it's okay. If it, yeah, okay, good, good. Stand up and, and speak loudly. Say it one more time. I have tons of joy, love, peace, and love in me. Thank you for sharing that. I have tons of joy and peace and love in me. Anybody else? See, what happens is the service ends and then my phone explodes because they're texting me going, I wanted to, but I didn't, so I wanted to take, which is fine. You can text me. But if you want to say, if you want to say something, please go ahead. Yes, you do. Um, for me, it was um, grace. Hold on one second, because I, I, I wasn't going to do this. No, she's saying no, 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 just talk. Just act like it's not there. Okay. Um, for me, the gift this season um, was grace for myself as a mother. You know, we didn't get... Christmas cards out and we didn't visit Santa and we didn't buy special outfits 
and there was a lot of guilt for that, and I kind of had to um, break myself down and remember the reason for the season is um, Christ and um, giving and being with family and all of that. So that's. I am so glad you shared that because there's not a person in the room that doesn't feel the same way. I mean that. That's a gift. Do you want to share something, hon? You can. I made room for my doggies and um, when my first doggie, Mackie, was here, um, after a few weeks, my new dog, Millie, came and now they're best friends. So now we have, we had one, now we have two, and they are best friends. Anybody else? I, I mean, it, you know this, I'll give you the time that you made room and how you experienced Christ in that. Yeah, speak loudly. Say, hold on, hold on, say, let me get this to you. Thank you for sharing, too. I mean it. I make room for my give, not to receive. Money, no, give, not to receive. I've been doing it for three years. Making room to give and not to receive. And is that not at the very heart of the gospel? And Christmas. We're going to light the Christ candle because all life is in Christ. Apart from him, there is no life. And it's when we're connected with the life of Christ, when we put our trust in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, that our sins are forgiven, we're clothed in his righteousness. And the light that is life is in us. But it's never ours to keep. Which is why we are going to enact, and we do every Christmas, and this is the favorite part for many of, our, of a Christmas Eve service. The lighting of the candle, it's not just a habit, it's an acted parable, as I said. And the light from the Christ candle will go from one candle to all of our candles. And let that picture sink in tonight. From that, from the manger in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago, the light of life is still on the move. Still on the move. 